Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 158 of the All Gonna Hear podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my three cinematic co-hosts. Mm, it's me, John. I'm stuck in a shell. Please get me out. I am dying. Oh, God. All right. Colt. I'm Colt. It's uh, Wes Anderson Wenzel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And today we're, we're kicking off our, our month of movies, and every episode this month dedicated to different kinds of movies, different genres, different directors, and just sort of like our appreciation for the cinematic experience. And today we're, we'll be focusing on movies that we love that maybe aren't as well appreciated elsewhere in the world. Uh, so these be our basically our unpopular favorites this, this episode. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So basically, I mean, yeah. all the movies that we just want to gush about, that if we ever see someone taking a dump online, it just fires up the blood. You just want to rush into fan like it's your child. So I'll get us started today. And one of the movies I just absolutely love that may not be as highly as regarded if somebody, somebody else is um, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought those were like pretty well liked overall. Maybe, but I definitely seen some folks are just like, oh, another Sherlock Holmes, you know. Yeah, yeah that's just me. Like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's it's too fanciful. It's too this, too that. But to me, I love it. Like literally, back when I had cable, literally every time that I saw it flipping the channels, I stopped immediately and watched it wherever it was from beginning to end. Uh. <laughs> I love that movie so much because it's just a lot of fun. This guy like Action and Robert Downey Jr. has got this. Yes. It's not a bad accent, it's just a very different accent. It's like... It's one It's one he would use to uh, great effect in the Dr. Doolittle film. I was about to say, it's literally the it's literally the accent in Dr. Doolittle. I remember, I, I it's been such a long time since I've seen that, but I loved it, and I think I still like it now. I One of the things I love is the literally the first, I think it's the first introduction to him, where he's like shirtless fighting in a pit. <laughs> Yeah, where he's like, oh, uh, in order to stave off his eternal boredom, he gets into like a bare knuckle boxing ring. And it's like, it's like he has a like a not like a monologue, but it's like he's analyzing how to take down his opponent. It was so badass. <laughs> I love it. Sounds it. like the most fucking anime shit. I've I mean, ever. no, for real. Like he's like doing like this slow. Like the guy throws a punch. And then he, Robert Downey Jr. goes into like analytical mode. He just like starts breaking down all these little steps. Hit here, punch there, kick there, parry there, and then just a split second. It's just like three moves, and the guy falls down. Yeah, like, it literally it's, out. it's literally slow mo, and then it speeds like it's slow mo where it shows he's gonna hit him, and he hits him, but then it goes back and speeds it up. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. I'm not gonna lie, that sounds pretty fucking awesome. No, it's like and, uh, it's a, it's like a wild it's like a wild ride actually. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie. I appreciate that, Pat. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and he has a really good rapport with, with the Watson in the film, Jude Law. Yeah, Jude how, Law. Like, they, 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 and of course, as you expect between Sherlock and Holmes, I'm mean, excuse me, Sherlock and Watson, they have like a, just a really good banter, really good friendship, and Watson's very, very much like uh, Sherlock again. You're you're too wild, too crazy, but you yeah, know, I got to bail you out. And plus, Watson's pretty badass too. He's got like this sword cane that he fights with too. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Because during the middle of the big plot they're trying to undo, they go to like this run-down seedy place where they think a lot of the chicanery is going down at, and they get into a big fight with a bunch of thugs, and a really big thug, and team up, fight together, and it's a really great, and just so the crescendo of the plot, it's a lot of fun, and oh, what's his name, Mark Strong is the villain of the movie, Yeah, he is pitch perfect. Yeah, awesome. oh yeah. Uh, uh, is it Morty Artie is the villain? No, he's a... Uh, 
I can't remember his name. I, I, I can tell you. It's literally been such a long time. Moriarty, he's in the second one. Okay. Oh, man, I know a lot of people who really like the first Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr., but I remember, like, the second one just being, like, very lackluster. Yeah, I, I remember, like, people saying it's not necessarily terrible. It's just kind of mediocre. It's just, man, there's just so many. It's like, <laughs> it's like a weird con- uh, continuity, like, with uh, James Bond, where, like, there's just so many people who have played Sherlock Holmes. It's such a we- it's such a weird like phenomenon where it's like we've had so much stuff, but it's like so spread out. Like not only like in mediums, but like in time and like time, like years. When I like, and you would think like, oh, there's not a um, what is it? It was like it was the word that was used for Marvel for superhero movies. What is it? Oversaturation, like an oversaturation oh, yeah. of it. It's like no, it's over. Or Sherlock Holmes has oversaturated the market. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 also, too, like, I think the BBC show is coming out around the same time, too. Yeah, you kind of forget how long that the uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, Sherlock has been around. It's been around for for 10 years, but back, it, just, it just had, like, huge gaps between each sort of installment. Y- yeah. So, and, like, so ine- inevitably, when these movies were coming out, people were comparing them to the, the show. And everything that came before, like, probably one of the most, like, famous installments, probably, like, the 70s, had, um, what's his, what's his name? He was, he was, uh, Tarkin in Star Wars. Peter Cushing. Yes. Because I, he, he did a string of, uh, Sherlock Holmes movies, and I've seen The Hounds of Baskerville, like, his, his installment of that, that was, that's a very good one. Although, I think it was that film one that kind of made Watson, like, kind of bumbling, Oh really? Yeah, I, I, if I'm if I'm correct, it was it was that sort of lineage of film that kind of made Watson more like you know a little more hapless and it wasn't it made him less competent essentially mm-hmm. because of that that kind of carried throughout other like future installments with like TVs and movies and it wasn't until later they sort of started to rewrite the what? character get it back on track. Okay, where he was obviously a very intelligent and capable person in his own right. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like the the extent of my Sherlock Holmes knowledge, knowledge is uh, the Great Mouse Detective, so <laughs> all I know is Detective. I don't know shit about Sherlock Holmes. May- maybe uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in a movie. I think no, he I don't know. he does the he he does the show right. Yeah, the, yeah, the BBC serials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a he's a detective. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like two other shows I think that are on right now. That are like on network TV. Yeah, there's the like CBS there's... Um, Sherlock that has Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu in it. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, it's like yeah. Elementary. I yeah. think is the name of it. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I will say I've seen more people coming around to it. Yeah, like I, I've heard people say it's really good. CBS is sort of like the king of crime procedurals, or like, <laughs> yeah, it's like how many versions of NCIS do we have? I don't All know, but my parents watch every single one. Oh my god. <laughs> My, my, my mom does too. She's a slut for all those. I, I remember. Oh my god! I re- I remember going to a family get together and literally the not my family, somebody else's family, and literally what? Why'd you go to someone else's family get together? Did you crash somebody's family reunion? <laughs> no, no, no. It's like a, it was oh, like okay. a party. It was like a party where you know people people were invited, and uh, I just remember them sitting down and all talking about NCIS, and I'm like. Holy fucking shit, this is so boring. Yeah, why aren't they talking about Pokemon? What the heck? That's how I felt at all the childhood events. Oh my god. And, like, you know, of course they brought politics into it. So it was just weird. 
I was disgusted. <laughs> I don't know sorry. how I could bring yeah. politics into that. <laughs> Unless you're racist. I feel like that's the only thing. I mean, NCIS, you know, is that Naval Crime Investigation whatever service. I don't I don't remember what. I know it's Navy. Um, and, yeah. you know, military. Then military goes into uh, politics. Okay. And, you know, the only so on thing so I remember from NCIS was an episode where they were on the... Uh, they are in a swampy area and someone got ate by an alligator. That's all I got. Yeah. I don't know that episode, well, but yeah. Well, you should brush up on NCIS yeah. lore. <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently, like, the, the goth chick is from, like, Pratt. Oh, really? Is that not Criminal Minds? No. No, no NCIS. It's NCIS. So the, I guess both shows have a goth chick? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. No, NCIS uh, has Abby, the perky goth girl, who mm-hmm. they make her, like, seem ageless, so she looks exactly the same when the show started in, like, 2001, and, this, and that show's been running consistently since then. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I just remember the Criminal Minds one is the hacker. Yeah. Emo goth. Yeah, she, it's like she's the quirky girl, but she like she hacks into stuff, I guess. Oh, also, f- funny enough, the, the one episode of Criminal Minds I watched, there's uh, there's a funeral in it. And I was like, oh, this seems sort of sad. But I, I couldn't help but like just crack a smile because the song they play during their funeral is a Five Finger Death Punch song. Oh, I remember that oh, episode. Oh, heck yeah, dude. It, it was oh. fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was one of the, their softer songs, but even then it's like so uncanny that this Republican metal <laughs> is just blasting during this, like... Supposed supposed to be like this somber scene. Like it definitely takes you out of it, but like lock me up. But that's kind of like the one song I like from them. I, I don't even remember which. I, I don't, I don't know. My your death punch was, makes me sad. I, I remember it being one of the ones I kind of liked. What crime show had Justin Bieber get gunned down? Oh, uh, Law and Order. God, what is up with these crime shows, man? This, what is happening? I'm pretty sure it's Law and Order SVU. SVU had Logan Paul on an episode. Oh he my was like the god! Villain. Yeah, no, both both uh, times or the show had Logan Paul and Just Bieber <laughs> in their chronological timeline. <laughs> and then I think the Logan Paul one was where he was a cyber bully he or was, a stalker. He was a he no uh, yeah he was like a Gamergate kind of guy. Oh god! Um, what the fuck? And, and yeah, no, he was Gamergate. Him and some other dudes beat up and I think raped a woman who was like oh just Jesus a, Christ yeah who was just a female gamer and he ends up getting gunned down in the end which is like amazing. Huh. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ! Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It, because uh, it was like just, for it was just so over the like it was literally so over the top but then it's also like like yeah you know there are actual people who think this way. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is like anytime you think of like we were talking about this with the Tiger King episode that like if you just pitch that as a, a like a regular fictional scripted show people wouldn't be able to buy it because it is so outlandish but like that actually happened and, and yeah. like things like that actually do happen it's just weird i also love how much we shit on these shows we actually are very knowledgeable of the lore of these shows just, yeah i couldn't help it they were always on and there was i couldn't change the channel because i didn't have the remote i mean <laughs> I, I know what you mean no it's funny because like e- even though i said at the top of the show this is about movies and we're just going on a big diatribe about 
crime procedurals. Crime procedurals. <laughs> One last bit is that even though I I was always sort of just cursorily watched it through, through like in the living room with my mom. There was one moment, even though I'm not invested in this show at all, I got pissed off by watching. Because there's, like, a really cool badass girl in NCS. Um, Cody DePablo plays her. Her name's Ziva. She's, like, cool badass fighting girl. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. She, has, she has to leave for whatever reason. I think because, like, her father was six and he was going to take care of him. Was she the former IDF? Yeah. Per- yeah. And then, uh, then they said, well, she disappeared. And then she may have probably died. And I was like, fuck, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, yeah. I feel you, Pat. It's okay. All right. What what movie are we talking about next? Who's going next? We're going in the circle, we, aren't we? We get, we got to climb ourselves out of this this uh this I'll, CBS ditch. Hey I'll, hey, did y'all know Aisha Tyler's on Criminal Minds now? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, that, okay. that is true. You know what? That's probably good because Criminal Minds has always been entertaining to me. Yeah, it's, like I mean, I, mean, it's all, it, it's I, I would never say it's a good show. But man, it 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 can get wild. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, so who's going next? I'll go. I'll go. Okay, this is a, this is three movies, so this is a trilogy. Because within our group, there's been a lot of hate on it, and man, I, I guess sparsely I might see hate, but like so far, like me, like with some other people who've talked about it, we're kind of on the same page in that it's just a fun ride, and that is the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> I, mm. I. Mm. I freaking love the Hobbit trilogy. It is I like who like who cares that they took a small book and stretched out three movies? Who cares? It is action packed fun. Like you can't like you can't sit there and tell me when you watch it it's like yeah, like yeah, this looks disgusting. Like no, like the monsters look disgusting, of course, because they're meant, supposed to look disgusting. But like it is like it is just so like oh my god, it's just so ridiculously well done like in terms of action and fighting it's just I, i'm pretty sure colt would like would appreciate it um i plan to watch all of these at some point i've only seen probably an hour of the first lord of the rings movie like, and played all the shadow of war games. <laughs> like like man it is it's just a fun ride and like to for it to get the hate that it does i'm just like whatever like it's it's fucking amazing <laughs> like and like you know and like having Having the quotes like being put to uh, put to life in the movies is also really nice. Like Benedict Cumberbatch does the voice of Smog and actually did the the mocap for him. He did an amazing job, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, um, he, how'd they he, get him to be that big? You should watch the. Uh, there's actual footage of him doing mocap. It is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's just like crawling on all fours, acting like a fucking. Yeah, goober. he's literally he's literally crawling on the ground, like hissing. It's so good. <laughs> there's a great bit where he's like, I remember I remember from a clip where he's like all haunts up, like his shoulders are arched way high. He's got his head dipped down low, and he's like flicking his tongue out. He had, and he's just doing his like most Benedict voice. It's like, "Come on now, don't be shy." And he just sort of, yeah, like whips yeah. around like a snake. <laughs> yeah, you're a, you're a liar and a thief. Oh, it's so good. He, he, We're in the end game yeah. now. Uh, I have his, very strong feelings about those movies. I in know the you, Jonathan. So shut the fuck up. Jo- <laughs> jo- Jonathan, AYCH official Lord of Rings consultant, was like crossing his arms, just waiting for his turn for his piece. And it, yeah. uh, God, there are just so many like. Oh, go, go! Put your redditor fedora on, Jonathan. Yeah, go say off. your actually. And you know what? Fuck you know what's so, off. 
and he's such a and he's such a he's such he's he's such that person that Cody is Tanner. <laughs> I don't even think I don't even think they they watched him. They just take him for his word for it, and they just like yeah, they're bad. Like what? <laughs> like I I will I will say there are individual scenes of those movies that are really freaking good. The biggest issue I have with them is just wasted potential, and a lot of the stuff they added is just fucking dumb. Like, the whole, like, love side plot that gets introduced with with fucking Evangeline Lily and, like, little hot dwarf. No, that just yeah. does not work. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. I remember, the, I remember that. <laughs> it, it, it's so fucking stupid. And then in, like, the third movie, she, she literally is like, Why does it hurt so much? I'm like, fuck off. I, I, I just I can't see the movies part. being as bad as the uh, Star Wars prequels. Oh no, they're they're not that bad. <laughs> no, they're not no. that uh, bad. Like I, like 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 as much as I don't like them, they they are competently made. It, it's just there are some decisions in that movie where I'm like, why? And, right. and also too, like they were originally supposed to be directed by Guillermo del Toro, and, oh. and I wish I lived in the universe where that happened. That would have been an interesting direction. And, and and also too, there, there like there was stuff I discovered like fairly recently, like within the last year of how like completely unethical those movies were, like the making of those movies were. were unethical. They, long story short, like Warner Brothers basically bullied. Like I'm I'm kind of hazy on the details. There's a video by Lindsay Ellis talking about it that you should watch. It's really freaking good. Uh, basically about how Warner Brothers came in and more or less kind of bullied the union the New Zealand um, Actors Union into doing what they want. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, and... and yeah, and, right. and a lot of the people who played the dwarves really got fucked over. Who played the what? The dwarves. Uh, uh, the dwarves. Oh, yeah. By the time it came to, like... I, I, I don't remember which one it was, but they weren't even invited to the uh, the uh, premieres. Oh. Mm. Well, that's yeah. yeah. I gotta look. I gotta look into that, because that's... That's interesting. Um, like, like I said, uh, Lindy Ellis has a, a really good trilogy uh, about those mo- movies, and, and the last one is about the making of it and how it was very unethically made. <laughs> and it committed the biggest crime of all. It made Sir Ian McKellen cry. Oh, yeah, that, 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 was, that was hard to watch. He's just standing uh, in a big green warehouse with a tennis ball in front of his face. It's like, this is not why I became an actor. But at the same time, that motherfucker was in Cats. But but that being said, like as much as I'm bitching about it, like yeah, I like a lot of the things Wenzel was uh, talking about that were good, like the action smog for the little bit he's in it is really freaking good, and, and there's just a lot of other like really cool things. I think the thing, the reason this movie makes me so mad is just wasted potential. Ah uh, man, I don't know. Like 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 I said, the the bit that smog is in is like really good. Like especially like sorry, since we brought it up with the Star Wars prequels. The reason why uh, I I say, and I think Jonathan says this too, with uh, with the Hobbit trilogy being better than the Star Wars prequels, is the fact that uh, all the acting is like ten times like better than what we like. Because like, not to say that like that's what completely brought down the prequels. You know, Hayden Christensen and just that whole dynamic between him and Padme, like Anakin being so young, like that whole weird thing, like that wasn't that kind of stuff wasn't in the hobbit trilogy like everybody like did outstanding with their performances uh the whole love thing (laughs) with uh oh man i can't remember her her elf's name 
but uh, I mean, Evangeline Lilly sounds like an elf name, so you can just call her that. <laughs> yeah. Evangeline. Wow, I can't even see her name. I love Evangeline. Evangeline Lilly. Lilly. Let's just say Lilly. Um, Lilly, the actress. Uh, her and like dwarf. Like I, I'm kind of indifferent to that because like <laughs> I thought it was kind of fun, and I mean for me like it just made the impact of like of like what happens later with him and um, uh, Azog's son. I don't know, pretty big, like, pretty, like, big moment, in my opinion. Like, I, it still sticks out in my mind when I think about it, and, like, but I do think some stuff was definitely not elaborated on more. Like, Azog, Azog looks so freaking good. Oh, man, I love Azog. He, he was the, 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 the white orc? orc? He was the pale orc. Uh, Azog yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with the fork hand. Yeah, now, now that that is an addition to the story I really enjoy, because it really gives Thorin a kind of, an, like, an antagonist foil. Yeah, that that yeah, wasn't that's... in the um, one edition I, I was really fond of is is toward the end of the the, the third one where Gandalf goes to he goes to like the the shadowy castle place and, he, and he's getting just like wrecked and then his boo thing Gladriel shows up and just starts whipping ass. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was in Dolgaldor bringing out the hardcore lore here. <laughs> that was really really good. God man, I just lo- I really like even though they're like super evil, I, I really like the orcs. Like in this, like because you know the orcs in Lord of the Rings, uh, you know they're most they're mostly practical effects, but like with this, you know you have more, uh, you can do more with CGI and mocap, and like you know that kind of that can take you out of it, of course, because they don't look real. But like I don't know, just their movement yeah. and like their performance and stuff, I, I thought were pretty damn good. Um, yeah, for the most part. But something I was gonna say though, with Azog being added in, it's just funny because there was an Azog in the Lord of the Rings who wasn't the pale orc. But you know, yeah. names can be names can be used, of course. But also, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was cut out that Azog in the original Lord of the Rings had a son. But the Hobbit Azog, and you see him, Azog has a son. I can't remember his name, and he's in there from literally the uh, second to the last movie. And it, but it's never elaborated on that that's his son. And <laughs> uh, like they, you know, they both die at. In the last movie, to me, like like you said, there was some stuff that like I wish, um, and not necessarily wasted potential, but a lot of stuff I wish kind of was like more drawn out. Like you know, there was definitely some stuff that was like unnecessary. Um, I and I guess it would be the love between the dwarf and the elf. Because yeah. I, I mean, I'm just so indifferent to that. I just I literally didn't matter to me. It was literally just kind of like a filler thing that was just like we just have to get through this to get to the good stuff. Yeah, and, and like I think the big issue with me. To, like I keep saying, the big issue with this thing, I guess, is just how cynically made it is, too. Because, like, one th- one of the things I love about the Lord of the Rings movies is you can tell they were made with such passion yeah. for the source material. And, and, and they just really had, a, like, there's extensive footage, behind-the-scene footage of those movies. And, and everyone's having a fucking blast making it. And... And everyone was just so enthusiastic, and it really comes out in the final product. Whereas, like, you can tell, like, Peter Jackson and the behind-the-scenes stuff for The Hobbit is just beaten down and <laughs> weary. Yeah. And, 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 like, I'm not opposed to making The Hobbit into two movies, because that, they, they initially announced it as that. And it's like, I think that's a little overkill, but I think that could work. But then, uh, then like it was like a couple months before the movie came out, they were like, "Well, we're going to do three. And it was like, "Okay." Battle of the Five Armies. 
Yeah, and that where like it like it's a three hour battle that just goes on for way too long. But and but like I, again, I really I'm trying to think uh, what I remember about the Battle of the Five Armies. I like the thing like the thing is is like Unexpected Journey and Desolation of Smog stick out to me the most. Battle of the Five Armies. It's like I remember some of the important stuff, but like you said, it's like it's such a long battle that like kind of just stuff like leaves my mind. Um, yeah, because I mean, it's definitely a movie where not a lot happens. Like, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But like, it, it, it's like it's a, it's a continuous battle where a lot is happening. But the fact that nothing's happening is like bad. Like, it's it's like it like really takes you out of it. Uh, it doesn't like it doesn't really pick up. Um, you know, until literally like I don't want to say towards the end, but like an hour, uh, an hour left of the movie, it, it starts uh, an hour, maybe an hour thirty. It starts picking up, and um, yeah, um, I, I see what you mean too, because uh, because definitely the Hobbit, like, not saying that like CGI always like kind of falters to like action-based like superhero um, you know movie, but like with the way this movie was produced, like you said, it kind of it was kind of and the way it was marketed, kind of like a standard like fantasy action movie. Yeah. When it when it's like when it's not that it's you know the Hobbit like it's like but it kind of like falls in line of um, I'm trying to think of like fantasy action Hansel and Gretel, uh, Jack the Giant Slayer you know those type mm-hmm. of movies and um, yeah. and it shouldn't have been but it ended up being that but it was it definitely was better than that but for me like it kind of like uh, it has a special place for me just because uh, I just remember being so excited because uh, it's like I think they use they always released. Uh, at the end of the year, like I, I think their the release times were always in December. Yeah. So like, uh, it'd literally be the end of um, you know, or it'd be Christmas break, and I'd, I'd just be so excited because we go watch it, and it was like, yes. I remember I you like wanting to talk about it with me, but I said I don't know anything about the Lord of the Rings universe. Like I knew nothing, and I remember you just being disappointed. And, uh, had fun to I yeah I, I remember that I, I couldn't the only other person I could talk about it with because my dad would go with me was literally my dad I couldn't talk about it with anybody not even the book nobody is nobody even read it you know uh, which is you know I mean I don't hate anybody for that <laughs> yeah but that's my movie uh, for this portion I have more I'll go next yeah right, crack open a cold right. one all right oh fizzing I shook it up too much. Uh, my first movie is going to be the 2017's Ghostly Shell live-action movie. I-, I really, really like this movie. Personally, it's not as good as the original anime movie, which is understandable considering Like, I mean, you is. just can't top the 95 Ghost in the Shell. No, you really can't. And, well, in my opinion, the, the second animated movie is <laughs> very good. Very, very good. But I'm not talking about that today. Talking about the uh, remake. I think it's really well done. I really, really enjoyed it. I went in uh, to watch it as uh, kind of like face value thing. Because I didn't want like the fact that it's a live action to ruin the experience for me. A live action of something that's already really fucking amazing. And uh, I went in thinking like that. I really enjoyed it. I think that... Uh, what's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Honestly, re- she did a pretty fun job. She did a decent job. That's one of the few things I remember seeing about the movie is... They didn't like the casting choices for her. Oh, yeah. Which I understand the, like, she's what, a white woman. 
thing, but at the same time, uh, but if you look into, if you know the story of Ghost in the Shell, her body is, uh, is just a factory unit. It's not meant to be any specific race. It's just supposed to be a shell for her ghost. So it could be literally anything in the uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex anime, which I started a few days ago. Uh, she was talking about how like she only wanted the female body because uh, it's got better hacking ability. Oh. She said she could have went with the male body for like brute strength, but she wanted the hacking abilities. That's interesting. I did not know that. It's a fun movie. I think Scarlett Johansson did a good job. The action's amazing. It has a lot of the big important things from the original movie. Like all the action scenes are there, of course. Uh, we got Beat Takeshi as well. He is Aramaki, and he is very fun. But it's been probably uh, three years since I last saw it. I don't really remember much other than it was mostly like an action version of the 95 movie. It didn't have yeah. much of like the conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, because the, uh, the 95 movie is definitely uh, hinges more on the philosophical transhumanism yeah. aspect of it than the like minute-to-minute -minute action. Yeah, and, yeah. and this movie, you know, it's a, a, it's a live-action adaption of an anime, so... They're always leaning on um, that live action rather than, you know, um, having actually something to say. I remember I remember you talking about it and hyping it up. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, It's a really fun movie. I honestly want to rewatch it. I bought it. I have it on Blu-ray. I plan to rewatch it at some point, but I'll probably wait to if you guys want to watch it as a group. It's a fun movie. It's like, uh, just take it at face value. Don't, tr like, just, just take it at face value. I, I know, like like you were saying, like the whole the I think the big controversy with the movie was the casting of Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and and I feel like, uh, and, and I kind of like, and, and this is just me who has not seen the movie, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But I, I understand where they're coming from because there are very little roles for Asian actors anyway, yeah. and where this could be an easy casting for someone they just went with basic ass scarlett johansson uh, but, but i gotta say visually she pulled off the look very well and, and i'm and i mean and the thing is is like scarlett johansson is a great actress and i'm, I'm not like trying to discredit her in any way but you, you know it was, it was definitely a missed opportunity in that yeah, def yeah definitely but i also i definitely see what colt's saying um especially with the anime being that like the body uh literally as i said it's just kind of it's it's a uh, it's a husk it's a shell so like it doesn't have any um there's no real ethnicity to it um it's just because you know it's anime it's generally assumed that the woman is japanese but um but uh yeah i, I definitely um i definitely understand also that like that controversy because i mean like you said it's a missed opportunity and they could have they could have thrown some talent in there but and God, I'm just repeating and, and, what I mean, you're saying. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and Hollywood just fucks over Asian actors all the time. Yeah. So it's... But like I said, I have not seen the movie, so I can't really comment on its quality. Me either. I, I literally just remember Colt talking about it, and I was just like, I was like, you know what? I could feel your energy, man. Like, yeah. All right. <laughs> it's very fun. Let's just say the uh, final scene with the from the OG movie with the tank, the spider tank is in this version and it's also really good because nice. uh okay. the whole like ripping the uh tank open scene is very nice in this movie i really like it awesome 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 check it out just 
do it. It's not as bad as everybody says it is. Because I tried to look up like reviews for the new standalone complex anime. Also really good. Check it out. Don't let the art style fool you. It's really good story-wise. And the art style is good anyways. But I was looking up reviews and everybody's like, uh, this is ten times better than that garbage 2017 uh, live-action remake. I don't... I, I just... That's... One of the few things that bothers me when they bring this movie up is they just instantly call it garbage, and it really wasn't. It was fun. Let's check it out. Alrighty. The first movie I have brought up was... Uh, this is actually one of my favorite movies. and It's a, it's a movie from 2007 uh, by Michael um, or Mikael Hanukkah. Uh, Funny Games, uh, starring Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. Oh, it's it's actually a shot for shot remake from his uh, his movie the same movie from ninety seven but it uh, but Hanukkah is a Austrian French uh, actor I mean a director and so and a lot of what the movie com- is commenting on is sort of American sensibilities and lifestyle so it kind of adapting it to an American audience I think works better yeah. Uh, however, this movie, uh, it definitely has a cult following, especially uh, with Mikhail Hanukkah fans. But it is, uh, a lot of people when it initially came out, fucking hated it. It, it is a movie I'm not going to talk about too much because uh, you need to go in as blind as possible. Uh, but I understand people's reaction to it 100% because... Especially if you go into this movie thinking it is a a standard horror home invasion movie, you are going to be disappointed. I don't know shit about this movie. I, the only thing I know is Naomi Watts. That's the only thing I recognize. I know um, I know the cover. I think it's the cover of the one John was talking about. It was uh, there's a criterion of it. Um, because I remember because I remember last year we were like we were looking through Criterion movies and stuff and. Uh, Jonathan was telling me that I need to watch Funny Games, and I was like, okay, and uh, I never, I haven't still gotten around to it, and I will. Um, so I looked it up, and I was like, I was like, which version? And he was like, the 2007 one. And I looked up the 2007 one. I just remember, I just, uh, I didn't read through reviews or anything. I saw ratings, uh, very brief things. It was just got like everybody hates it, and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> like, am I sure he needs to? I was, I was literally like. Is he sure he wants me to watch the 2007 one, not the 1997 one? Uh, but yeah, um, that, that's all I know of it. And um, what's it even it. about? Like, I know you said home invasion, but is there? Is it like something like Parasite? You don't need to give out too much details. It kind of ruins it. Uh, kind of. Uh, I, I, the the basic setup of this movie is Naomi Watts and Tim Roth and their kid who, by the way, the kid actor in this movie is fucking amazing. Uh, they're on vacation. They're very wealthy, and they go to their vacation house for, I think it's a golf tournament, and th- these two people come, uh, these two uh, boys come and ask for eggs, and it just descends from there. Oh, yeah, you know it goes down. As soon as they mention eggs, that's when it goes to hell. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, uh, and it has a very infamous ending that is intentionally uh, provocative. So I will say, yeah, like I've, I remember Dante talking about this a little bit last year, maybe earlier this year, and it seems like a real 
kind of a shocker movie because like the director is known for like his disturbing and sort of bleak sort of storytelling. So although I will say it's interesting that usually when a movie is remade, it's by someone else, but he made the movie in 1987. He remade it 10 years later in 2007, which that's just kind of wild to me. Yeah. And I mean, it's basically a shot for shot remake. So, oh, um, wait, is it 1987? 1997, and then it was re- the director remade it in 2007. Oh, okay. okay. Literally 10 years later. Yeah, uh, like, like I said, I think that I've only seen clips of the original, like, Austrian version, but to me, the acting is better, and it just works better for with more Hollywood actors, especially because uh, a lot of the movie is commenting on American culture. So. <laughs> It, it definitely hit. It, it hits a lot harder. You know, now that I think about it, yeah, you know, uh, man, we Americans, we just love going up to houses and asking for eggs and then just beating the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody knows home invasion movies is my favorite genre of film. Exactly. There yeah. is a weirdly a large amount of them. I'm I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I. I think the the only one I can really remember watching that stands out was oh hell is it the strangers yeah yes, yeah the strangers yeah yeah and, and if you're looking for a movie like that you will be fucking disappointed really I'm just gonna say that okay yeah because because wasn't the strangers uh, like edgy murder stuff yeah uh, and and I will I will say this the movie is not really gory uh, so. Okay. I, that that was one thing. Like a lot of people were like, "There's like, oh, this movie is like, it's not a typical horror movie." It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of the point. But yeah, Funny Games 2007. Check it out. Got me interested. I mean, there's not a movie that you've recommended that I've hated. Every single movie that you've said that's good, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. Oh, I don't uh, know. Like, uh, like like I said, I could see one of us. One of y'all like absolutely hating it, and and I would not begrudge you at all, <laughs> because the ending is intentionally divisive. I am intrigued yet uh, intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pat. What's your number two? My number two movie. Now this is a recent bugbear of mine. Is that I just like a movie that I enjoy when it initially came out, but then over the last few months have become strangely more and more defensive of mm-hmm. and that is 2019's Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah! Oh, yeah. I fucking love because, it! Because uh, we saw because uh, Colt, Wenzel, and I we saw this last summer and then all the boys had like a Godzilla movie night during the summer that the week of the premiere and I really enjoyed it. I liked it a good bit more than the 2014 Godzilla. Yeah. And what, because I thought, okay, this is a fun movie, you know, it's not groundbreaking, it's not, you know, earth-shattering, groundbreaking, but it was just a solid, fun movie. Cut to award season, and this movie is just getting a ton of nominations, but for all the wrong reasons. It's, it's, it's like, it got all kinds of nominations at the Razzies, I'm like, what the fuck? And then, like, its overall critical score is lower than the first Godzilla, and 20, the 2014 Godzilla, it's like, hold on, I think y'all are seeing yeah. different movies, and then, like, the more and more I was reading, I was just like, what the fuck? Y'all are wrong. It's wrong. This is a fun movie. Because uh, to me, it, it, King of the Monsters is sort of, it kind of does what the first movie should have done for me. Yeah. Because the first movie seemed, it has like a very sort of drab palette. Everything's just sort of like pallid and gray. And it's very methodically paced, and not in, but not in a fun way. You know, it, ha- it has monster action, but, it, but it's, even them, it, that was, I mean, of course, it's got, it's a, you know, watch any Godzilla movie, you know, 90% of the film is just human interaction with, like, got, with monster stuff sprinkled throughout because, you know, budget. 
<laughs> and but like the you know the monsters while they were neat they just seemed like they were from a completely different property because the, the sleek like unnatural design of the of the mutos in the first one just seemed at a huge contrast to Godzilla even the sort of the remade Godzilla yeah and you know like the final confrontation wall is kind of neat I didn't really get super excited until like the very last moment it, <laughs> of the yeah. fight yeah you know I I get you Pat I get you I uh. I get that. That was one of, um, I don't mean to cut you off or anything, but, like, that was one of my gripes with, uh, for the Godzilla was, uh, the Mewtwo's. The Mewtwo's. Mewtwo's. Uh, I did not like their designs. Yeah, they kind of just look like a boring, generic alien. Like, uh... They look like, I mean, they just look yeah. like a bunch of, um, they just kind of look like, uh, like stilts. Like, yeah. that's the best way I could, I could describe it. because, uh, I mean, those mm-hmm. long legs, you know, they, they're very long, but, like, they just kind of look like they threw, they took some stilts, they threw a black cloth over it, and then put like a like a red light on it. It's like this is a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and like the 2014 movie, like it's definitely more focused on the people. Yeah, which I, I'm not opposed to because as long as you have compelling characters, I think that could work. Uh, like I think Shin Godzilla. The 2016 oh. movie works really well in that regard. Oh yeah, it, it uh, worked very well. But, and like, but like, the, I just did not. I cannot re- remember anything, any of the characters from the the 2014. I remember one. even I, even though we just saw it not too long. I remember ago. the actors. I just don't remember. You know, I remember uh, Brian Cranston and his son, and then I remember like his Aaron Taylor son Johnson. trying to go back into the uh, zone after the plant collapsed and whatnot. But we're not talking about this movie. We're talking about King of the Monsters. King this is sort of like you know the preface to, to why like I love King of the Monsters so much, because like it does, you have like a complete different you know sort of take on it. Like you have God's like Godzilla himself looks different. Like his like his design is more huge to the original. Like his spines are completely different. More, more like the OG Godzilla. The um, it's like a, just a much brighter, more vivid color palette. It's like just lots of like every single. Monster in film like Godzilla, Rodan, King Ghidorah, Mothra—they all have their own sort of like, mm-hmm. like a color motif with all of them. I thought that was—I thought that was a great touch. And just like I loved all design, the updated designs for like you know the big four, you know, because like even even though Mothra is definitely the most divergent in her redesign, yeah, but I, th- I still think it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, and uh, honestly enough, I've seen more people complain about King Ghidorah's design than Mothra's design, and his—I thought his was like holy shit. I don't understand. <laughs> they both look really good. He looks literally the same. Like, I mean, not the not the same, but like he literally, he literally looks like a three-headed freaking dragon, which is what he was. He looks pretty much the same to me than his old design. But I, I don't know because like I thought King Ghidorah looked immaculate. Like he—I guess he's more like. Like a wyvern, it has like it has like the um, the arms are his arms are his wings because you know in in OG Godzilla and in the show air he just he's just this bipedal monster with just like big flappy wings. I mean, yeah. I thought like just Ghidorah's character, like Ghidorah had a character, like he's obviously like a, a thinking evil monster, and like I just loved how they kept picking on the um, the far left head. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I. Like you, Pat, I thought this was I thought this was a great adaptation of King Ghidorah because I mean, like it's a monster movie, but there's like a, at a certain point, like you know, when it comes to redesign stuff, you have to like you have to think about like style and like implementing this in a story, and it's like for for King Ghidorah to like you said look like an immaculate alien dragon, 
<laughs> for it to like walk on its um to because it, its wings are its arms for it to use those for its mobility not only for flying but also for walking instead of it like how the original costume it being literally bipedal and it's like <laughs> it's just these weird little flaps that are wings like it just it like it makes sense but also it looks awesome like it, it like it kind of fits you know i don't know like like i i, I you know pat I pre I appreciate you. I appreciate I appreciate everybody. The more I remember about this movie, the more I realize this movie was awesome. I fucking love it, especially I mean, the scene where they go into uh, Godzilla's lair and they blow up that nuke. God, God, that was yeah. To sort of re to revive Godzilla, because like I just loved all the fights. Like he, like everybody was a badass. Like of course you know I, I still have a few qualms. Like I. I'm I'm sad Mothra didn't have like a, a, a more substantial part, but I, I like what she was given. And of course, the thing about Mothra, you can never count her out. So you can definitely expect to see her again. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And like Rodan, like Rodan looks like uh, was a badass. Like came out when he, when he does that fucking thing where he does a barrel roll in the air and hits all the fighters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, was so that was ter That was terrifying. Like, God. oh man, that was so good. And like that also reminds me of the original. Um, of the original Rodan movie, uh, it was a horror movie, and like I don't know about you, but like it it actually scared me as a kid because like the thing the th thinking of this huge thing flying and because it's flying and it's so massive that it literally sweeps entire uh, villages and towns and just, just and that happened in the new movie too flying. like like you like definitely that. get a sense of the scale of the of the. Uh other monsters in this movie and there was just a bunch of really great shots like the one that sticks out so perfectly in my head that's to me really sort of like kind of chilling is when you know the giant ship that that the that the human scientist and the organization is flying yeah. on is flying into a thunderstorm and the thunder lights up when you see king Ghidorah just like looming in the cloud sneering that's a chilling shot for me oh man <laughs> that, that that's just a great shot i'm getting chill thinking about it that's, and like yeah. it's it's just so much fun like just like the and plus like the final battle between Godzilla and, and King Ghidorah is fucking amazing I had my jaw dropped oh my the god. whole time like oh my god and like whenever you uh whenever they you you see it in the trailer and then when you actually watch it the way they're about to like ram into each other and all the planes and helicopters are flying as if they're fi the helicopters and stuff were fighting each other that was also awesome because it literally reminds me of the video games Oh my god. Yeah, it's just, it's literally a ride from start to finish. Like, it's not boring, is like, I think the highlight of it. It's not boring. I th it was, it's funny, it seems like all the complaints people had about the first one are the opposite in this one. It's like, oh, there's no, too much humans in the first one. There's not enough humans in this one. It's just like, it feels, you can't win. It, it reminds me of that, that bit from Curl is a Cowardly Dog when Muriel's turned into a baby. And he's trying to make her mac and cheese, and he can't. Every time he does something, she says the opposite. And then when he picks it just right, he just knocks it to the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't win with with these folks. And and plus, Michael Doherty, he's like he he's a genuine fan of kaiju movies, and and like you, I, I, to me, that really came across. A lot of people say this is like a shallow, pedantic version that sort of missed everything about the original. Shallow, it's like piss off. <laughs> Like, like, what do you mean shallow? Last and and the, the soundtrack is so good. Like, oh, God, it just right. got me wanting to listen to that new uh, version of it for the last movie. Fuck. That literally, literally, um, earlier earlier this year, I bought the freaking uh, The Best of Godzilla 
1984 to 1995 colored vinyl. Oh my god. The, the theme, oh, it's so good. And they implement it in the movie, yes. Pat, you're making me love this movie even more. Barry McCurry did an awesome job with, with the soundtrack and that. Oh, he, he did the soundtrack? For, yes. Fuck me. And, and, like, Godzilla's theme is so good. Like, it's, it's like it's straight out of the old movies. Exactly. And especially that one bit where, he, where, like, Godzilla's getting his second win and he comes out of the water. Fuck, Ooh, that's gosh. a good scene. God damn, this movie's fun. Man. Fuck the haters with this movie. I mean, seriously, damn. like, and it's like a shallow, inter- like, go- like the, fir- the Godzilla in 2014 and, and last year's Godzilla, I think they literally, de- I, I, I think they deserve to be put up in the halls of whatever glory of Godzilla or kaiju movies. They're like, good. They, They're both they, really good. They, have their, they literally have earned their place. They deserve to be in there. But, like, to say it's a shallow interpretation, like, Last time I checked, kaiju movies are literally just a bunch of giant monsters just beating the shit out of each other. There's no- <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely room for like nuance and like allegories yeah. within within the um, the movies. Of course, you know, that, that's what the original Godzilla was about. Of course, you know they took a divergent path, which kind of became more focused on the monsters and sort of the spectacle of it. But that doesn't mean you can't have you know human drama, blah blah blah. But like, I'm sort of focused on like just a badass bullshit that happened in this movie. I, I won't, mean, yeah. I won't <laughs> like, say it here because it has to be seen. But there are like two moments, especially. At the end of King of Monsters, I just fucking I wanted just to fucking pump my fist in the air. Yeah, with yeah. like like King, like let's say King Ghidorah's final attack on Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla's final Gosh. attack on King Ghidorah. Fuck me, that's so good. <laughs> God, y'all are making me want to fucking you just, watch this movie. We got we got to watch get to get out. the boys together. We're watching King of Monsters again. I'm hyped. Oh hell yeah! F- I remember. Fuck yeah. I, just now, I remember we uh, we actually watched. We actually got everybody caught up on Godzilla for king of the monsters because we thought every like all of us were gonna get together <laughs> to watch it and it ended just ended up just being me colt and pat and it's like where's everybody and like <laughs> I, I i don't skip uh, I, I always go through with it if i'm doing something i'm doing it I, something came up that that weekend that i couldn't make it but god just hearing y'all enthuse about it i just want to go watch this movie Gosh. right now in it's the podcast fun. let's watch it is so fun but like talking about the critics fucking hating it, like, like I, I like I'm a pretentious fuck, and, and I have similar feelings to movies on critics. But then there are some where I'm like, get your fucking head out of your ass and just have fun, goddamn it. Yeah. Because I, like it's like what the fuck, like what do you want out of a fucking kaiju movie besides? Monsters beating the fuck out of each um, other. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan, what I want out of a kaiju movie is is a reflection of society and American imperialism and and I'm gonna beat and, you up. Uh, and and my I, balls in a vice grip. That's what I want. <laughs> and not to say that you can't have that in the movie. I but mean, that's like, what Shin Godzilla does so well. It's like yeah, yeah. it's a little lower on the monster, but it's, it. But it, it's, much like the original, it's like the, how the human reaction to it and sort of it's like... It's criticism of bureaucracy, yeah. Yes, exactly, and that's what the movie yeah. The thing about Shin Godzilla well. is it's low on, like, the monster action, but honestly, it's probably got some of the best monster action out there. God, when, that, has, when, it, it, when it, he fucking just shoots, like, a million lasers out of his back, I was like, what was, the fuck? That was amazing. No, it literally has its peaks, just like Godzilla 2014. And that doesn't mean, you know, kaiju movies can't have that. But it's like, but at the same time, it seems like a lot of times they're complaining about a movie that they wanted to get versus a, 
movie that they actually got. And, and this is coming from me, who just went on a tirade on how much I fucking hate the Hobbit movies for <laughs> that reason. I, I, I totally get that. But, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes it's just good to not, I mean, you can't turn your brain off, but just kind of enjoy, like, a fun spectacle movie. Like, yeah. like it, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and to, to say that this movie is lesser because of it, you're missing I, I, the forest for the trees. I definitely it, feel like you, you kind of have to pick and choose the movies you're, like, going to be more critical on. Like, for oh, example, yeah, I watched the Netflix movie Extraction with uh, Chris Hensworth in it. It's like, a, like mm. an action, it's like an action movie. And I remember going, I mean, I liked it. It's a fine movie. It's a solid movie. Nothing crazy about it. But I'm just going through the uh, the reviews just for a lark. And people are just being like, blah, 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 this. Like, super duper critical. And, like, all the things. Like, what does this mean? It means this. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, are y'all really going to have, like, this dissertation level review on just a disposable Netflix movie? Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, people have every right to do that. I mean, I know that. But kind of feel like. Pick your battles. That, that's my thing. Like, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. expend a bunch of energy on a on a movie that's on like a certain a certain type of movie. I know it's not with that trailer for that movie. Yeah, is like, like when you watch the trailer for it, you know what you're getting yourself into. Like, you know that it's going to be a generic, mm-hmm. uh, fun little tiny action movie just to watch. Yeah, like no, like my dad literally was. T- talking to me about it saying like you need to watch it Wendell it's just it's just action it's great and he literally said there's just, just this one scene that's absolutely amazing and I've literally seen it everywhere where people are talking about that one scene whatever it is this one scene in the movie that's amazing and like yeah. and like and like Pat said like it's a disposable action movie that's I put out there it's like it's like comparing and see this is where we get into this is actually where you get deep into conversation about art and stuff and like yeah it's like it's like comparing like like really good fan art or a really good interpretation of a character comparing it to the mona lisa you know like yeah (laughs) like this this is art and this is art they are both great but they are both also different but they're all but they're also both you know both can be put up on pedestals yeah they're, they're great for different reasons yeah like because like i can sit here and like there's an artist i follow you know he can do this amazing fantastic fan art right and i'll be like this guy inspires me and I, I like I constantly refer to him to learn about techniques and like I'll forever uh, have it embedded in my mind that he's an inspiration for my work. But then I can also say the same thing about some Renaissance artists from like a hundred years ago who has the same kind of impact that this guy has with his <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Jonathan, the shut the fuck up. We ago. get it. <laughs> Oh I'm God. being that. Do I'm being that guy. Bitch, I just took a survey <laughs> of art too. I know when the Renaissance is. Okay, a hundred years. I mean, I'm of course I mean more than just a hundred years. But any, not just one zero zero. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, they they have the same place. And like, I think with this, it's like King of the Monsters is not a five star movie, of course. Because I, I I think I gave it three, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't any fun. And it doesn't have a place in my heart or any, you know, impact on me. You know, I mean, that's just, still a good there, score. I mean, just there's, you know, it's just it's just a score, and there's like certain, you know, has a certain uh, attributes or place. And Pat, I thank you for yeah. reminding us how great King of the Monsters is. I'll get back in my ta- kaiju track for my last movie, but uh, Wenzel, talk about your next movie. I'm fairly certain not a lot of people like this. I, I'm fairly certain, but I love uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. I'm with you. Uh, 
Yeah, a lot hmm. of people don't like that movie. I, I loved it. Like, pe- like I don't know, I don't know where I heard it, but somewhere like somebody, I, I know somebody who, or several people who were just like they just did not like uh, Ultron in general. Also with James Spader. I think that uh, was Tanner and Cody. See that bothers because I thought his perform like his performance of Ultron was like fantastic. He bought he brought this charm and like human side to a machine which people are like he shouldn't have this he's a machine well he's an ai he's an ai who's literally his his he is his personality is based off of tony so he literally his literally his mannerisms and everything says are are that of tony starks there's even a part in there where uh what's his name claw is like that's what tony stark says and he's, and he's like, are you Tony Stark? And Ultron's like, don't compare me to Stark and cuts off his arm. Like, literally, it's part of his character. And, like, I remember I remember reading an interview where when James Spader uh, first uh, does his voice and, like, Ultron reveals himself, everybody literally on set clapped because it was just fantastic. And I'm the same way. It was like, I remember seeing the first trailer and just being absolutely stunned when uh, when they reveal what Ultron looks at the end. And he says... Um, you know, there are no strings on me because he's making a reference to Pinocchio. Yeah. But man, yeah. the... and that's fucking creepy too. The, that I remember that creepy. trailer was being like, I was like very uh, excited because like, they're having like, I mean, it's, it's definitely kind of a trope now of you taking like a like a children's song and putting like a low key and it's spooky. But like, I, I thought it worked for that and that that final line where he just has this like guttural growl, "There are no strings on, on me. me." Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good clinch. I thought it was, and I remember I, I think. Uh, Age of Ultron became like one of the most viewed trailers of, of, of like, or one of the most viewed of all time at that time. And like, I remember watching it, and like, I was just like, oh my god, like, this this is amazing. Like, the action, like, the the, the plot, like, I thought it was great. Like, you know, Ultron wanted to take an entire country and, and just drop it, it? A, and just use it as a meteor. And then his freaking his line, that one line where he says, "You Avengers, you are my meteor." my uh, swift and terrible sword out and then the weight of your failure will crack the earth i think that's it i i could have messed it up but just that i was like i get chills when i think about it it's such a good line and like his design oh man i love the designs and the hulkbuster suit when it's first God. introduced and he fights freaking hulk that's that was amazing the more you awesome. i'm having the same experience with this movie that i had with uh, the godzilla movie and like then Same here. literally when Ultron is first revealed, he's like, Oh, like, what's up guys? And then they had that little fight. Oh my god. And then oh man, like what else? There's just so much. It was so freaking great. And like oh man, just like just the There fights. is one part though. There's one part that I was sad about and I think Everybody else here could probably get behind it. Is that the fact that Quicksilver just gets gunned down and he's okay, dead? Okay, here that's the thing. That's the okay, one thing. Yeah. That's the one thing that makes me mad about that movie is when Quicksilver dies because I, and I, and like I'm a hundred. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure of this, but Aaron Taylor Johnson had a multiple movie deal. That's that's what I was about to say because I remember he had a. He had a longer deal, but I don't know what happened. Well, well, I think they. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of times that happens where. They sign actors for multi-movie deals just in the event that they need them for multiple movies. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I can see that. that. Yeah, that okay, that could be true. Because there was a lot of rumors and stuff. People were saying, like, oh, he has multiple movies. So that means that uh, Infinity War Endgame, 
Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch is going to revive him. He's going to come back. And, like, that was, like, the big thing, but that didn't happen, and it never will. But, yeah, that... Well, uh, I guess there's still a possibility that that threat may be coming back with uh, the WandaVision show. <laughs> See, the thing is, yeah. though, I feel like they kind of just threw him in there and forgot him because, <laughs> like, I don't I don't think he's ever coming back. I feel like she, like, he was just, a, yeah. he was just super disposable. And, like, I don't even think Scarlet Witch remembers she has a brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, she's well, too yeah, busy also, with her sex doll. Uh, what's his name? Vision. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, is like when that w- this ca- uh, came out right after, uh, uh, fuck that the X Men movie, Thrace- Days of Future Past, where Ev- with Evan Peters Quicksilver, who, who just blew it out of the fucking water. Yeah. And and, and, and like Aaron Taylor Johnson, like granted he wasn't given a lot to do, but I mean he was kind of just generic. Yeah. He was. But like. I agree with y'all, like, and and the thing that makes me mad about that in particular is the entire movie is setting up Hawkeye's arc where he's going to die at the end of this movie. But then it's like, we're going to swerve, and and, and to me it didn't make sense from a narrative sense. I do, I will say it did, uh, it did also set up Captain America Civil War, which I appreciated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a good movie, like... Like, like I said, that line where he's talking to all the Avengers and he, and he tell you know, he says, you're my meteor. I just, I literally think about that line, not all the time, but like, I, I can almost verbatim recite it <laughs> because it's, yeah. just, it's such a good line in my opinion. It just, anytime Ultron appears in his dialogue, it's just great. Like the way he speaks, the way he uses the voice uh, his like who, voice. whoever does the voice oh, oh, yeah. is really good. James Spader. Yeah, James, James Literally yeah. uh, I from the office. Um, I I do know. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, what was his name? Doc uh, California. California something. You know, Rob California something like that. Yeah, he's in the eighth season. Uh, I don't remember him. I do know some of the uh, like criticism for the movie. Like it, it maybe wasn't at least from what I've read, it wasn't so much James Spader himself. I, I feel like there are definitely people who thought him volume between having like this very intimidating, no nonsense. Sort of persona, then having like a super jokey moment, like the clash was kind of threw people off. And I knew a, a lot of people weren't thrilled with. And then this is this is a this has been a running criticism of Marvel movies, especially in the last few years. How a lot of people were, were kind of put off by just the volume of humor. You know, they they can't go ninety seconds without making a bit, making I, a joke. You know, I get. And there's definitely that. and yeah, I get that. Like when there's when there's definitely moments where it, 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 have like a dramatic resonance if you feel like it's undercut by like a joke yeah yeah like um like like when um hulk is going on his rampage in south africa it's that to me should be like that should have been kind of really scary moment like the hulk losing control but it kind of felt more of of a funny bit because like stark just kind of like you know go to sleep go to sleep and he's he's making all these jokes throughout so it's also a kid's movie in a way you also yeah. gotta think I, about that. No, no, I mean, the thing, I, I wouldn't say a kids movie, it's not but a I mean, kid it movie. Is, it's, it's definitely like for most ages. Yeah, it, 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 it made, that's the thing with the Marvel movies. It's it's for it's to be the most appealing film to the most amount of people. Yeah, which is which is you know definitely a, a positive and a negative of the of the entire MCU, which is yeah. a lot a lot of people will get into. That that's sort of the that's sort of the uh, the ups and downs of a major you know franchise movie series is that yeah they kind of have w- to make it as appealing as possible but still kind of retaining you know something substantial yeah you know? and especially for one that that's like 
like 25 movies at this point. Like, I mean, you're definitely going to have dips in quality. And, and I mean, and, and like Wenzel was saying, like, like I, I remember coming out of it not liking it as much as the first Avengers, but I thought the first Avengers was really good. And and I think Age of Ultron's really good too, but I, re- I even remember immediately when this movie came out where there were uh, this very small minority of people who were very vocal who were just like, this movie's dog trash, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Because, like, I, I mean, I definitely have criticisms of it, like like I said, with uh, Quicksilver and, and then just the romance between Hulk and... Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow that just come <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere. I, I like, the, I just, out, the entire movie, I was kind of distracted by, like, what? <laughs> it's the romance no one asked for. I mean, like, it is... There is some precedent with it because Hulk and Black Widow have like a, a connection in the first movie, but, but then to turn it into a romance just feels I, weird. Yeah, I did not see that as romantic. I just saw that as like platonic and friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I was saying, like I, I think this movie gets too much undeserved hate. I yeah, yeah I, I like like Pat said. Uh, I definitely think that uh, Hulk scene because in my mind, uh, with Hulk going on a rampage, that's absolutely terrifying. And then you have you know. He's seemingly he's seemingly almost unstoppable, and what also made that scene to me it could have been more terrifying and it should have been, but it also kind of was was the <laughs> was the fact that uh, the only person who could uh, stop him in that moment was literally Tony because all the Avengers were knocked out. Yeah, I, and I completely forgot that like that like the only person who stands up a chance physically against Hulk is Thor, and Thor was out. So like that also. Definitely should have been more terrifying. I can see that, and then the humor thing as well. I have to agree with you on that too. That was a, that that was something else. Uh, just a lot of humor just thrown in there, and it's just like that. Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, but uh, oh man, where was I? Yeah, and I think that like even outside of Marvel, I think that like uh, that was even an issue a lot of people had with uh, the newest Star Wars movies, which. Uh, which is one of the criticisms, especially of The Last Jedi, that while I necessarily don't agree, I understand why people don't like that. Or it's a, c- it's a type like, of humor that we're just not used to in Star Wars, or don't, don't, don't think to have. Yeah, or, like it is very, it's very Marvel. Or if, if we didn't have the Marvel MCU, would people have that sort of comment to make? Yeah, and that, that's the, probably so. But, like, I mean, at the same time, you can't separate it from the to- context it's come out in. So yeah. that, that is very true. I, and plus, just in general, even my sort of lowest pick Marvel movie is still, it's still fun. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean. I, I don't I, hate I, any of the Marvels. Yeah, I mean, they haven't released anything that's terrible. And even though this is probably my least favorite of the Avengers, it's only because the other three are just so fucking good. Yeah. The other. I, I will say, uh, oh, no, sorry. I had a, I had a thought. And I completely forgot, but something I was going to say about James Spader uh, was whenever you brought up about the, the uh, his character or him doing Ultron going from like quippy or like funny to like super serious. That's that's something I never got because, like I said, his personality is based off Tony. Tony's literally the same way, and um, yeah, and that's just that's just what he knows. That's what he does. And like given that human element, because he's copied from a human, it completely makes sense. So any argument. Like that, I just I debunk it. I'm just like that's dumb because literally they explain it in the story or in the movie itself why he's like this. Like they 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 yeah. fix that canon, so you can't say you can't come at me with that. Like it's 
yeah, I love Age of Ultron. That's my that's my take. Your turn. Oh, it is Ultron. Good. Yeah. Uh, original Avengers, uh, not as good. That's my opinion. Ooh, coming with no. Ultron. It's your turn. Just your. Movie. I know. I was just wanted to say okay, that because okay. I couldn't find okay. a time. God, I hate you. God, my second movie is a movie that I really really enjoy. It's the oldest uh, movie theater ticket I have in my wallet, which I own. All of the tickets from uh, the time from this movie to now in my wallet is Tron Legacy. Oh, Oh, Tron Legacy. Yeah. Tron Legacy is a really, really fun movie. Uh, It's a really fun movie. I really, really enjoy it. Got the good old... Wow, I'm blanking on the old man's name. Jeff Jeff Bridges. Bridges. That's the only notable actor for me. Can't remember anyone else. Uh, Olivia Wilde. And Olivia Wilde. Jeff Bridges, Olivia Wilde, you know, the duo. Uh, Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the best part of the movie for me is the fact that Daft Punk did the soundtrack. I. And they made a cameo, They too. did yep. make a cameo. That, that was one of the big driving things about this movie for me. Was I had to see it because uh, Daft Punk was in it. I had loved... Daft Punk, uh, from like 2007 to 2000, uh, to the year it came out, 2010, I was listening to Daft Punk constantly. I'd listened to Discovery hundreds and hundreds of times all the way through. And just to see that Daft Punk made a whole soundtrack for this movie, ah, ah, I got it Dude. that year for that Christmas. Let me say, Derezd, absolutely amazing. Kicks ass. Kicks ass, man. No, that, that, that soundtrack is amazing. I have a question, though. Who here likes Tron Legacy. Me. I mean I haven't I haven't seen it. I but... like it fine. Oh, okay. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Colt. I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've only seen the movie alright, hear me out. I've only seen the movie once ten years ago, okay? But it was such a good movie that I remember almost all of it detail to detail in my head. <laughs> okay, fuck you. I it's good. It's still good. <laughs> oh no, I bet if I watched it now I'd no, that, still I love why. it. I don't know why I said uh, fuck you uh, because because it's like no like you're you're absolutely right I've I've probably seen it like three four times because they'll show it uh, on repeat on TV occasionally it is so it's still good yeah like the uh, the whole things with the uh, discs where they fight each other with them I thought that was Woo! amazing Mwah! perfect yeah they're the light and discs. then also oh, the uh, trikes uh, light bikes. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So light cycles. Yeah. Oh my God, what's his name? Uh, the guy. Uh, what's it? Does anybody never remember the character's name? He, he, his name is Flynn? Tron. No, his name's Tron, but he when he gets corrupted, uh, he has a different name. Evil Tron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evil. Tron. Evil Tron. It's like, oh, man. I'm okay. I'm. It's Tron spelled backwards. Nort. Nort. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like something like Winsler, I think. Yes, I think yes, yes. It's like Wesler, Winsler. Yeah, Rensler, Rensler. Search it, please. I want to know. I need to know. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying, I'm trying. Rensler, Rensler. Yeah, R. there it is. It's Rensler. Oh my god, super sick character. I remember, I remember just being absolutely infatuated with him because he, like, he was just so bad at, like, literally, like when he first fights Flynn and like. He he does the bit where like he he like they're about to swap gravity or whatever, and he runs up the side, oh, and he breaks the glass, and then oh my god, when he just fights later, and then when he uh, 
Oh my god, what did he do? He did something. What is it? I don't know. Just everything. His suit, <laughs> his, the way the way he moves, his aesthetic. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really good movie. I remember as soon as I finished watching this movie, I went home and I said, I need to watch the original. If it's anywhere as good as this, I'm going to have a blast. I tried it. Oh. It was the worst experience of my it life. Was, up so until that bad. moment. And they what say, makes me so mad. I've, I've heard the I, original. Like The thing what makes me so mad about that Tron is that like I don't know if they exist. But they probably do, and there are people out there who are like, the original Tron is better than Tron Legacy. Like, no, shut up, it's so boring and dumb, and I hate it. There was one guy, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, because that's what I've heard, I've heard the original is like it's really so fucking boring. boring. One of those movies that if you grew up watching at the time, it probably blew your mind. Because at the time, that was a very technologically advanced oh, movie. Yeah. And like, I mean, of, there's it, nothing it, like no, it's impressive no, now. No, no, it's no just, Pat. It's it, it, it just it definitely shows its age, and plus, especially someone who is sort of born in a later date is used to a certain type of movies. It's very hard to go back. Yeah, it'll be much the same way if 20, 20, 30 years from now we show kids you know Marvel movies, all the cool flicks that we like. They'd be like, "Oh wow, this is no, boring. they're Who, stupid. They're stupid already." And you know what? No, I, yeah, shit on those future you know kids. I can Fuck go those back sperm. And watch Beast Wars without being taken out. When I watch Tron. It like like it is so slow. Like it's literally slow. It's so I mean, slow and it hurts so your eyes and it's just like oh god. It's, it's like the worst it's color so, of blue and it's the whole screen. It, it's like so disgust and I and I also think uh aesthetically Tron Legacy what they did, instead of having white with bright colors, they did black with bright colors. Yes. Mo- so much sense instead of doing what they did. Which, at the time, what can you do? But, man, Tron Legacy is so freaking good. Yeah. Oh, and then, oh my god, when he says, when he finally speaks, he says, I fight for the users. Oh, it's so good. One thing I will say, if you, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Because I remember watching it when it came on TV. And it's like, I really like this. Probably not going to last. And I was right. But if you have if you have Disney Plus, I would definitely uh, recommend you going to watch Tron Uprising. Which is an integral cartoon set between the OG film and Legacy, and it's let me see the cartoon. It's it's in the uh, course of Tron Legacy sort of aesthetic. Elijah Wood's the main character. Oh fuck! And it's it's a really interesting show. I feel like the Disney Plus version, the episodes are in a different order than what I remember it happening on TV. Definitely, I think if you like Tron Legacy, you'll really like the yeah. uh, Uprising cartoon. And it's on Disney Plus, so definitely check that out. There's only one season. I remember for the longest time after this movie came out, every single year after that, I would look up Tron Legacy sequel, Tron Legacy 2, because I really wanted that sequel. Oh my god, me too. I remember, oh man, and then when I couldn't find anything about it, I would just watch scenes from the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I remember literally the night after, the night getting home from watching it, I, I literally couldn't sleep for hours because I kept thinking about it and I would pretend I was holding a disc and I would be throwing it in my room. <laughs> Nerd. That's fair. <laughs> this is like sixth grade, mind you. So I was I was a kid. Yeah, because Tron Legacy came out to 2010, so it's been 10 years. Yeah, I, was, I, was, yeah. I was very much still a kid, so, you know. I just remembered <laughs> the circumstances that I actually went and saw the movie in. I remember it was a full a, a school field trip day and uh, we went to the McWayne Science Theater that day and we went and saw a uh, Christmas movie in the uh, domed theater. I forgot. What is that? 
theater called? The giant IMAX theater? Yeah, it's just a huge theater. I remember watching that. It was an awesome day. I was like, this is cool. And then I remember that we're going to go watch the uh, Tron later that night. And we did. And I just remember that day being absolutely fantastic. Being an 11-year-old cold. Take me back, man. I don't want to suffer anymore. My brain's hurting. Well, just know know for me, because I... uh... I had trouble sleeping because I was so excited from the movie that uh, I was in sixth grade. So the following day, I remember going to, uh, I remember being so happy and then going to my home ec class and just being absolutely just sad. I hated it. Kids suck. That's all I can say. I just imagine Wenzel's holding like the wooden spoon in home ec and he's just pretending it's a light cycle. He's like, (laughs) no, there's just these, you know, I don't remember. I, I, I barely remember their names, but there was just these like, they were in our grade, but you can tell they failed because they're they're taller, they're older. Yes, they're I can stupid. name a few off my head. I'm not going to do And they're it. really stupid, and they <laughs> sat in the very front of the class, and they were just so mean. Like, and racist. You could, like, you could literally, you could just leave, be literally happy, and they'll just, they'll just be like, why are you happy? Like, no, shut up, you shouldn't be happy. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're the worst, and I uh, I don't even think they're like, I don't know where they are, I don't care, I just hope they're in some, you know, hole rotting. Yeah, I don't care if you suffered at home, you bullied me. Alright, Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy kicks ass, watch it. It's actually getting a, kind of like a, a resurge in popularity, I think. Please! Like, people are actually uh, starting to come around on Yes. It. The second movie I have picked, people are co- have come around to this movie now, but when it came out, people did not like it. And it's Paul Verhoeven's 1997 movie, Starship Troopers. Oh, I love oh. Starship Troopers! I've never seen it, but I was going to reference it earlier when we talked about the Muthos, how they look like the aliens in Starship Troopers. Oh, okay, yeah. but the thing is, they're bugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's, they look the same! <laughs> <laughs> Only good bug is a dead bug. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I was reading some reviews on from when it came out, and not only was they they, they just like totally missed the point of the movie because uh, for those who don't know, uh, it's an adaptation of a book by the same name, but the original book is really nationalistic, uh, fascistic, and jingoistic. Yes. Yeah. And. Paul Verhoeven's version is a satire of that. For some reason, they most people in '97 were took it at face value. Yeah, but it, it's so fucking over the top. I don't see how you can. Like, there's literally so many like very clear moments that this they're, they're like making a like a statement. Hey, this is like we're making fun of like sort of the nationalistic fervor that people get whipped into about the draft. Like one of the earliest scenes you have, like the main character is Johnny for, Rico where he's going up for the draft. I guess a veteran's like, yeah, the core maybe made me the man I am today. And he's literally sitting there with no legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. like, uh, they're, they're sitting in class. It's the beginning of the movie. And, uh, Michael Ironside is the teacher and he's like missing an arm. And, and the, le- the lesson of the day is why violence is always the right answer. It's like, <laughs> how, and, and especially if you know, Paul Verhoeven and like how, like his family escaped the Nazis. Like you think someone who escaped real life Nazis would not be, you know, pro fascist, but 
there's just a lot about this movie. Look, that's just imagine it doesn't count when the people you're oppressing are giant insects. Man, I because man, the, because the only good bug is a dead Jonathan, bug. Jonathan, I remember watching this as a kid. You know, I didn't know anything about that at the time, but something threw me off about it, and I was like, there is something off about it. Still laughed, saw it was hilarious. My dad did too, and uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember just being like, oh my, the scene literally, the, the it's so weird, and I still think about it now. Is when uh. When literally male and female, they all shower in the same room. <laughs> oh yeah, and I just, I just, and also I remember being a kid and being it, like, "This is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that that was definitely like one of the most paused moments in the yeah. movie. Oh yeah, no, I and also Denise Richards is in that movie, right? Yeah, oh, my, which Denise Richards, which is fu- Denise Richards. Uh, one of the one of the biggest babes of all like one of the hottest babes of all time was in that movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta look this up. You said so. You, you're talking it. I gotta look it up. Man, like when's like his had like his first sexual awakening to Starship Troopers shower oh, scene? Oh man, did I? Maybe <laughs> it has all these like naked men and women just like uh oh. You know this Pat? is good. This is good, Winslow. You know Pat, you might be you might be onto something. And what I think is so strange is that I saw this movie, too, as a kid, because this came out in 1997. I was seven years old, and I had it on TV, like, shortly after. But the thing is, like, this movie is in no way appropriate for children. Like, it's oh, in- no. incredibly violent and incredibly oh, disturbing. Oh, for but, sure. like, I remember those toys. There is literally, a, the, yes, there's yes, literally yes. a CG kids show that came out after it. Yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> like, oh, my I, God. I have the, re- <laughs> the reason I, the reason why I saw Starship Troopers was because we had it, we had the first movie on VHS, but we also had I think the first episodes. Or either that, it was a movie of the CG version of it. Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah, like the the I think the marketing kind of led to why people initially did not like this movie. But, but I mean, at the same time, like Paul Verhoeven ten years earlier came out with RoboCop, and RoboCop had. You know, toys. You know, for it. But that—that's a movie that's definitely not for children. And because literally, the way he becomes RoboCop is that he is torn to bits by bullets. <laughs> God, just the amount of people who get ripped to shreds by like, in that shot movie. by more bullets than any fucking person in cinema <laughs> history. It is so amazing. I remember talking to Colt about this. Has anybody seen the remake of RoboCop? No. Uh, uh no, because uh, no. I know. It, I know Colt awful. has it, but I'll just go ahead and tell you. How uh, what's his name uh, becomes RoboCop? You guys want to know? Do it. Yeah. Okay. He's going to. There, it's literally just from the shot of like a surveillance camera. He's the guy's walking to his car, right? Opens the door. Car blows up. He gets smashed by the door. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's it. Lots of debris is what almost kills him. No, it's like the explode. Like he he's like at the door. He opens the door. The explosion blow like it blows like it blows the door and pushes him, pushes him. And then the door just kind of crushes him, and that's it. I kind of imagine it like it's a cartoon where the explosion goes off, and he's just like, he just gets on, but whoo, that was close to the door, just like splash. No, no, like it's, an like, it's like the door blows off with him holding the door still, and he gets, he essentially gets crushed. It's that's so boring. Bad. It ruins the original it really scene. Is. It's so anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they tried to make it like too serious uh, for its own good, because the fun part about the original. Robocop was it was stupid and silly. It was wacky. It was so over the top. Yeah. It, it was so over the top, but it's it's a really smart movie, man. Like in, in that, like it is very much a a very scathing critique of capitalism. 
and especially it, eight, the 80s. Which is funny. It's like the, the stuff that we thought was like crazy over the top, like satire of like how evil big business is. It's like, that's crazy. That could never happen. Then like everybody's just like wringing their shirt collar like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Starship Troopers. It is. Uh, it, 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 it's funny. Oh. Like the acting is like not great, but it's purposefully not great. Yeah. Because uh, it's supposed to show like how vapid this society is. Which mm-hmm. like I have to agree with a Red Letter Media where they were like, "Can you imagine someone coming up to you being like, okay, we're going to. I want you to be the lead in this movie because you are vapid and a bad actor." Ooh. Is that is the is the first one the first Starship Troopers is that the one where the guy gets stabbed in the head by a brain bug? Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's the yes end. man. I remember being so scared of that scene. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was such a yeah. disgusting scene. Yeah, it's definitely not for kids. I, and something. Yeah, could, could you literally see his brain like shoot out of his head into the tube? Like no, literally. Yeah, he literally stabs him, and then his like the little like thing that he sticks in his head like. He starts to move it around with his head still attached. Oh my god, it's so disgusting. I love and it. And then, like, you see, like, some main characters. And what I thought was shocking to me as a kid, like, you see, like, women die pretty awful, brutal death. Like, that, that one girl gets, like, her arm melted off with, like, the napalm bug. And that yes. one shit gets yes, fucking it's the bug. skewered in the back. Yeah. 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 Like, no, it's fucking brutal. No, it is. I, and that bug, that bug, oh man, I can't remember what it is. But yeah, it's like when they, uh, when they blow it up, it's blo- I remember it's blood's orange. So it's like it burns. It's you know acidic as napalm. And uh, man, recently Funko Pop made a, uh, I think a ten inch or whatever big version of that, and I, I really want it. And they uh, uh, put napalm on it. Yeah, they put napalm. Yeah. on it. I've always wanted though the uh, the toy. I think they made toys or they they have them now of um, of the grunt spiders or not the grunt spiders the grunt the grunt insects and something. Their their design is so iconic. And one of the things that were, they remind me of are uh, staple removers. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to, to me, they reminded me a lot of, <clears throat> if you grow up in the south, especially the southeast, around the summertime, you get these giant, big-ass black grasshoppers. Oh, I hate them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, cause usually in like the, in the dead of summer, you can go outside, you just see like five or six, and they're big as hell. I remember, you know, as a kid, catch them, you'd be like, why are, why are these grasshoppers so goddamn big? It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember but, like, stepping on so many of them, not on purpose, and just feeling their guts and getting their guts on me. And it was like, ah, ah, thinking about it now is just awful. Yeah. Just yeah. remember, staple, it, it, staple rivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and just how the contrast between just the fucking horrific violence and the kind of just like 90210 aspects yeah. of like will they won't they it's so good man <laughs> it's like I, I still can't and i guess it was because like it was the 90s like the economy was pretty good like no one really you, you know people you know couldn't imagine that but like i imagine like you show this now to people younger than us and they would probably take it more seriously because it definitely is more reflective of our everyday life, you know, as fascists are rising yeah, up right man. now. Yeah, man, you have all these people that are like, you know, America, we gotta serve! And yes! Like, and it, or, or at least I hope so, because I, I kind of feel like, while definitely there's definitely a group of people who would see the satire, I also see there's a, a, an equal amount of people who would see it face value like it was back in the days. Like, listen, or 
it's making fun of fascism. It's not in or yeah. But of course, <laughs> but the thing is, when you parody something so hard, people take it seriously. That's that's the thing about Poe's Law, which is what it's called. When you, when something's so absurd, you can't tell if it's a joke or not. Oh, yeah. Well, and there, there's like a paradox with a satire where, you know, you inevitably have to recreate the thing you're satiring. And in that, like, I think that's why a lot of people misinterpret movies like Fight Club, where it's like, and there's definitely some yikesy things about Fight Club. Yeah. But, but like, it, I mean, it's more of a comment on toxic masculinity than endorsing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But there, but there are a lot of people who see that movie as sort of like their mantra. And and I think it's because the satire in that movie is too subtle. Yeah. Which I never thought I would ever say about any movie. <laughs> and, and just sort of like how the, the climax of the movie is they, they discover that the bugs have fear. They like, they fear! Ah, woo! It's like, I, I just still am like kind of baffled at how people did not see it <laughs> as a satire. But yeah. Uh, well, last time I checked, it was on Hulu. I could be wrong. I think yeah. it is. I want to say I remember seeing it on there. Because that's how I watched it. I it was a, a couple years ago, oh. and it was a uh, it was on Hulu, and I was like, I was like, this movie's fucking hilarious. Alrighty, Pat. Pat. All right. Uh, my final film is one that I will fight to my last bloody nub for, and that's Pacific Rim. Oh. People would dislike Pacific Rim? Yes. I, but are there people who don't like Pacific Rim? More than you think. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It, it definitely, like, like a lot of these movies, there has been a sort of resurgence in the film, with like, a re, like a better appreciation for it. Like anything with time, enough distance, people will rediscover it, and there's a new dialogue for it. But there's still quite a few people that I see. This is no better, no different than, like, the Michael Bay Transformer movies. And I've, and I've seen people even no, in, like, the no. kaiju circles, the tokusatsu circles, are just no, like, what? oh, this is like a pale imitation imitation of, like, actual, you know, Japanese properties. So I'm just like, do you not know how died in the wool Guillermo del Toro is? Did you, did you not see the video of him, like, just looking like a, a child on his birthday when he gets visited by the alien Baltan, the Ultraman monster? Go look that video up. It's him when he meets an alien with these giant, like, lobster claws. It's uh, just a heartwarming film or, or video because, like, he loves, like, the genre. And, like, I feel like every ounce of just, like, enthusiasm that Gamma Tour is known for is put in Pacific Rim. Oh, 100%. And, and like, I, I used to not be a huge fan of, uh, like, kaiju movies, mostly because I just wasn't exposed to it. Like, the most exposure I got was the 98 Godzilla, and that movie's not super great. But uh, I remember my friend, I uh, had a friend who literally dragged me to the theater. He's like, dude, you have to see this movie in the theater. It's fucking bonkers. And it is it is one of the best movie-going experiences I've ever had. And, 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 and I think it's a really good, like, especially Westerners' introduction to, like... Uh, big giant monster kaiju movies it, it, i don't know i just really fucking enjoyed it yeah i've only seen it recently because i borrowed it from wenzel probably like two years ago and i loved it i thought uh sons of anarchy man was pretty damn awesome in the movie as well yeah, yeah uh, charlie hunnam he's the lead role of this movie and uh yeah, i think he had a really good relationship uh, with brinko kikuchi's character mm-hmm. in the movie as well 
And like, I literally, it's one of those movies that I feel like every character you, you, you find an affinity for because like, even some of the maybe smaller parts, but like, it, it's just the way the movie's made that every character feels just like significant and like memorable. Like Idris Elba, he's as the leader that you have like Hercules and it, and and his son, and like, I just like, I just feel like the, the gush just welled up in my chest right now because I just love this movie and I just remember when it came out. I just had like a huge folder in my computer, just like all the fan art, because like there's, I was able to find that, yeah, fan art, mm-hmm. <laughs> actual fan art, not not the sleazy kind, but um, I found this one particular vein the on sleazy. Tumblr that had just like awesome kaiju art, just mm-hmm. monster art, character art, and it was just like yes, I was that that kept me inoculated from the people who are just like, uh, you know, robot smash, boring. Yeah, it's like fuck off. This movie is is it's fun. It's so much fun because I remember. Dude. I mean, I was excited for the movie because like, hello, kaiju, giant robot action. I was hyped going in, and then literally when I'm coming out, I'm just like, fucking fists in the air, pumping up and down because like it's because it's <laughs> just an exciting yeah. movie. The soundtrack fucking slaps because like because oh um, yeah, forgive me for mis- mispronouncing the name is um. Uh, Ramin uh, Dewadi, he, he does the soundtrack for to Game of, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Uh, he, did, he did the track, he did the OST for the movie, and um, Tom Murillo from Rage Against Machine does the guitars for the opening like theme song, oh. and like God, that that fucking just like driving track for the for, like cancel the apocalypse. God, it gets you hype. Like, yes. like that was like that was in like my workout <laughs> rotation for a while, just like the music, just to get you hype and get you going because it's so much fun. I remember. I remember one of the things that stuck out to me is uh, main characters like yelling when they're when they're in Gypsy yeah. Danger. He's just like he's just like empty the clip, empty the clip, and he's like emptying the they're emptying the freaking plasma rifle into uh, Leatherback. Oh my god! Or, or yeah, Leatherback was the uh, name of the big one when he's like yeah, uh, or when like. He's like elbow rocket. Oh man, or chain swords. Oh my god. No, you, no, Pat. Like literally, I was hyped for it going in, and I got even more hyped coming out. I think I watched it near my birthday. Oh my, that was like my. Birthday, I remember like, it movie, coming out in the summer of 2013. God, it seems so yeah. long ago. It, yeah, but man, it, it's good. Like I, I literally, I remember looking up what people said about it just because I was curious. I did not care. I was like, this movie is great. I don't care what anybody says. It's fantastic. And just like how like, every like monster, every kaiju has a unique design and like different abilities, and like each yes. have their own name. And all the the Jaegers, the mechs, they're all just like uniquely designed. It's just like there's just so much personality just like oozing yes. from this movie. Like. No- yeah, oh my god, what was the, um, does anybody, or do you remember, Pat, what the name of the bat kaiju uh, uh, was? I think it's Itachi. Itachi, yeah. Itachi. There was Leatherback, Itachi. There yeah. was, um, oh, uh, there was Knifehead. Yeah, Knifehead was the first one, and that's a very clear, you know, like, reference to uh, Gear On from the Gamera movies. Like the, yes. A kaiju yes. with a fucking knife on its head. Yeah, it's just... and God, like, to, uh, like there's so many just great, like, awesome moments. Like, I mean, there's there's one moment that's infamous for in the in the credit circle, where it's in it's like the the, the big second act when they're fighting the the um, Atachi and Leatherback when Gypsy Danger comes out with the um, the barge boat and uses it like a like a like a bat a bat and people just like yeah collapse under its own weight. It's just like pissed the fuck off. 
Who it's cares? like that was so cool like that, when he used a goddamn boat as a sword. It was so it was so amazing. Oh my god! Like, oh, <laughs> and the and the song that was playing too with it when he like when he was walking through the city with it. Oh my god! It was and, so good. And god, like it, it's it's, a, it's to me it's like one of the most like one of the most defining moments of the film that I'm just like I was just like hell fucking yeah. Yes. Where, where Otachi yeah. grabs Gypsy Danger and flies him into the fucking stratosphere, and then Rinko Kikuchi's like, for my family, she cuts that bitch in half with the sword. Fuck! Oh. That is so good. And people just like, if they, if they had the sword the whole time, why didn't they use it? Eat a dick. I don't care. I need to rewatch it, because I don't remember this. How do you not remember that? <laughs> that was such an I just scene. don't remember it. Hey, hey, Colt, Colt don't oh feel God. bad. Chain I don't remember sword, a lot baby. of the specific moments either, but granted, uh, I haven't... I, the last time I saw it was in theaters, so... It's been seven years. Yeah, and I, and it, it's no, one of the few movies fair. I've seen multiple times in theaters because I, I was, like, super hyped, and I'm like, I gotta go back. That movie is fucking great. Something I was gonna say that Pat also said was about the characters, how, like, even the minor characters, like, you, like, you could, like... You, like, you were attached. I remember... Uh, we we barely we very rarely got to see them, but I remember uh, when uh, I think it was Crimson Typhoon and the one Russian uh, mech. Yeah, the, the husband uh, wife team group. Yeah, when they got when they were out there to fight uh, Leatherback and Itachi, I remember when they got killed. I was like, my mouth literally dropped. I was like, oh my god, because there's only four. You know, there's only four. There's Gypsy Danger, uh, Crimson Typhoon, uh, whatever that one is. I I don't remember what the Russian one is, and then. Um, well, I don't remember what the Australian one is either, but, you know. Yeah, the Australian like, was, uh, was like, Striker oh. Eureka, and the Russian one was Cherno Alpha. Yes! Oh, Striker Eureka. Love that name. God, oh, God just talking about this movie, I'm, like, bouncing in my seat. Like, I want to go watch it. It's so fucking good! It, oh, my God. Like, no, like you're getting me hyped. Like, all the movies that we talked about, I love, and I want to watch again. Like... <laughs> and, and, and the thing I love about... Uh, Del, Del Toro as a director is he can do smaller more like independent art artsy films but he is not above making like some just awesome genre shit that is just hype as fuck and ah, god it's I, I, I want to meet that man one day genre. and just give him a big hug because, and be like, like thank you for all your movies because I, I just know for a fact as excited, as giddy as we are talking about it. That's how he was the whole movie, making it. Because yeah. you feel that when uh, just the entire runtime of the movie, just uh, the passion that was put into mm. this movie. Um, oh. Yeah. Chef's yeah. kiss. Yeah. Basically, my, my last my last big Pacific <laughs> Rim was one of my favorite movies of all time. If you talk shit about it, I'm going to be under your bed. I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'll be there, too. I'll be in his pocket. <laughs> I'll be there, too. Uh, I, I got some honorable mentions. I'm going to fire in rapid fire succession. Uh, any sort of film conversation with me would be remiss without talking about fucking David Lynch. This movie, uh, uh, Lost Highway, is next to Mulholland Drive is my favorite, but uh, is criminally underrated. Uh, the Anaconda. Does anyone remember that movie with Ice Cube? Is that the sci-fi movie? No, no. It, it was it was a it was a theatrical release. And yes, I remember that. It was with Ice Cube and uh, J Lo and John Voight. It, it, it is it is. I'm not going to sit here and defend its quality. It's stupid, but man, is it fun. Uh, is that that song? <laughs> y- yes, Wenzel, it's that song. 
And, and then my last of my honorable mentions is Dan Aykroyd's only directorial outing was nothing but trouble. Just because that movie is fucking batshit insane. Where did he watch Nothing But Trouble? I grew up with that movie. Oh, really? My grandmother had it on DVD, and I watched it as a kid. I was way too young to watch that movie. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen it, but I know there's some bangs in it. Yeah, like, one of Dan, one of the characters Dan Aykroyd plays has a dick for a nose, literally. Yeah. <laughs> this is. I was trying to remember where I recognize it. It's because uh, last podcast on the left talks about it constantly. Yes, it it, 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 it is. It is also an awful movie, but it, it it's just batshit. But the the last movie we're going to talk about is it, it's it's getting a surge in pop, uh, ironic popularity. But uh, is the two thousand? I think it's two thousand two. Tom Green film. Freddy got fingered. Fuck off. <laughs> oh my god. Freddy got fingered. Oh god. It is just like I don't know. Like it, it it's fucking stupid. It is really dumb. But like there are it, it's like the things that are so funny about this movie is not so much that the scenes are actually funny. But it's just like this is in a theatrically released movie. This this yeah. exists. A guy is wearing a deer carcass and gets hit by a truck. Uh, a, and there's like a scene where he pulls over on the side of the road. Has nothing to do with the fucking plot, mind you. But he just pulls off and starts jacking off a horse, saying, "Look at me, Daddy! I'm a farmer." And it, I don't know that shit just hits me in such a way that I don't know. It's, it's definitely like... I think it'd be a fun watch as a group just to talk oh, shit yeah. on it. It definitely sounds like a good time. Yes. It, it, and the amount of times Tom Green says daddy, father, or something like that, like a psychoanalyst would have a field day with this movie with the amount of like daddy issues that are in it. But it's just... Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like Daddy, some sausages? Like some sausages. <laughs> God, I just remember because of, I mean, just because of that movie, it was sort of like the precursor in a lot of ways to shows like Jackass. Yeah, because it was, it was definitely like I would say the peak of the that late '90s, early 2000s gross-out comedies, and. and yeah. And I'm not convinced that this movie isn't a satire of it just because of how over the top it is. Because, like, uh, one of the characteristics of these movies were they were, like, real... They had, like like I said, gross-out moments. But they sort of juggled that with, like, legitimate sentimentality. Uh, like, think of any early Adam Sandler movie. Uh but and, and so and this movie does that to an ex, like but like cranks everything up to eleven to where like it you'll literally get there there's a scene where a guy just like he 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 had jacked off an elephant and there's a lot yeah, of that yeah, there's huh? a lot of jacking off in this movie and it makes May, uh, rains come on this guy and, and then like literally 10 seconds later it's like I just wanted you to respect me as a person and it's like what the fuck is this movie and, and, and there's just little things here and there that it's 
uh, like I sound like a crazy person talking about it, but it, it it just has to be seen to believe. And uh, read Roger Ebert's review on the movie because there are some quotes that are in there that are just it's some of his best writing. It's fucking hilarious. So yeah, Tom Green is he insane or is he ingenious? Uh, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> The jury's been out for years, and there's no conclusive argument to to either. (laughs) We'll come back to you with that one. All right. Well, I think that wraps up. We sort of went through all of our unpopular favorites and uh, movies that we love that everyone else seems to hate. And if you don't like them, well, that's too bad because we love it enough for you. So thank you all for listening today. We appreciate you joining in. Uh, You can follow the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any RSS feed catcher, we're there. We're live, or no, we're just putting it out there. Be sure to rate, like, review, subscribe, and all those platforms. That really helps us out. Just you know, spreads the banter around, makes us more visible, and we really appreciate you doing that. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Letterbox at All You Can Hear. You can follow us at Twitch and Twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear, and all our VODs go up the next day on YouTube, and that's also at All You Can Hear. And finally, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter and Instagram at John Lost His Name, and follow my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. Uh, you can follow, my name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at J N I I B O I twenty four, and uh, John Odinson twelve on Letterboxd. My name, Colt. Follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Uh, I've never really plugged it, but I guess follow me on my letterbox. I think it's... My phone's across the room. I think it's ColtD00 or ColtD88 or ColtD99. It's one of the above. I don't know. I've got so many numbers, man. Yeah. I, I, I update it every time I watch a movie. I'm at like 61 now after I watch Ghost in the Shell 2. Woo. I'm almost done. Got four, uh, th- 39 more movies to go, and I'll have the 100 goal. Yeah, you're going to reach that by the end of May at this point. Uh, f- no, I usually watch like 16, 15 movies a month, so I'll, I'll hit it real. You know, only 15 or 16. Only 16 movies a month, that's all. Thank you for listening. I'm Wenzel. You can follow me on Twitter at WenzelBooking. Follow my art Instagram at World of Wednesday. You can also follow my letterbox. Uh, it's just WenzelWilkie. Uh, I updated as well. Haven't done any reviews though. Um, at 29 movies, trying to look for that one more to watch to get 30, which I already know what it is. Be sure to stay tuned for the rest of the month. Yeah, this is going to be packed full of movies, and uh, we think we're really going to enjoy it. Take care. We'll be talking to you soon. All right. Bye. I'm going to go to bed. Night night.